we're a bit behind time, so I want you quickly, quickly, in pairs, to answer the following two questions. What does community mean to you? No, you had it on the right one. You didn't have to change. Go back. Go back. You were on the right. There we go. Okay. What does community mean to you? And what's the easiest way to make community? Quick fix. Okay. In pairs. Now, discuss. You've got one minute. Easiest way to make community is to invite people to Nando's after church. Yay. <laughs> Great. You're all invited. <laughs> So we, we started this, this journey two weeks ago, and we, we're trying to figure out how do we encounter God in our lives. Do you know that, that God wants to meet with you, right? So, so, you know, before Jesus died on the cross, there was a priest who interceded on behalf of the, the nation of Israel, and once a year he could go into the the most holy of holy places on the Day of Atonement. And, and, um, and he met with God once a year. And, all, and then they did all these sacrifices and these rituals. And, if, and then they, the other interesting part is that they, towed, they tied a toki around his, a, a rope around his ankle. Because if he went in to the most holy of holies in the temple and he had sin in his life, then he would have been struck dead on the spot, so they had to pull him out with a rope. I'm not making that up, that's true. Okay? And then, Jesus came, and the Bible tells us that the veil was torn, right? And what that refers to is that, that veil that separated the most holy of holy places from the temple to you and I was torn in half. Symbolizing that you and I now have access to the most holy of holy places. And the Bible teaches, further teaches us that we now can boldly come into the throne room of God. Isn't that amazing? So, not only can you encounter God at church, but you can encounter Him in your workplace, in your home, with your friends, um, playing with your kids. I, I have amazing revelations playing with my kid. Um, so we started this journey two weeks ago, and we, well, the first thing that we've got to get right when, when we want to start this journey of how do we encounter God is, well, we've got to get ourselves in the right position. So we spoke about identity, right? We spoke about what does it mean to be saved? And when you get saved, what does that mean? Well, you become a son and a daughter of God. Your identity changes. It is no longer you that lives, but Christ in you. Amen? And, and last week, we spoke about, Amul delivered an awesome sermon, um, the theme of which was, you know, Peter hanging out with Jesus. And there was that cool video where, you know, they stood up on the boat and looked out into the distance. What does it mean? We're going to change the world, huh? Um, but the, the point was, the point that Amo was making was that, well, when we encounter God, weird stuff happens, you know? And it's not just, it's not just weird stuff in the, in, the, in the, you know, laughing and crying. And it's weird stuff as in, well, the, the lame walk and the blind see and the, the captors of set free. 
okay? It's weird. It's awesome, but it's weird. Weird and wonderful. Today we're going to talk about community, okay? Because do you know that not only has God made you as an individual, okay, but he's made you to function within a group, right? Does that make any sense? So God is very, very much interested in you as a person, okay? But there's... But it's not just you as a person, it's well he starts there, he starts with an identity. He starts with empowering you through the Holy Spirit, what we discussed last week. But it but once we get that right, well, you know that you have the power and the authority to shape the way your community operates. And not only do you, can you do it, but we need you to do it. Right? Some of you need to hear that. We need you in our church. Right? You with me? We need you. So um, I'm going to open up our Bible. Let's open up our Bible to... I want somebody to open up the Bible to Exodus 24 verse 9 to 11. And another person to open up Psalm 23, verse 5. And another person to open up Matthew 26, verses 26 to 29. So, um, uh, and while, while we're discussing this journey that we're taking, we're going we're gonna to end off the series that we're doing next week. And Kun Skultz from Ethnos Ministries, he's going to come and do the sermon here. And we're going to be talking about purpose, right? Because... Once we've done all these nice things to equip you and you've been um, equipped in your identity, equipped within, within uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, equipped within your community, well, then the next, the next thing is that, well, you know that God has given you a purpose, right? And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Um, so make sure that you're here. Um, if you know... Uh, Vivian and Sabrina, and I think I think you two are the only guys here from Ethnos tonight. So you can go talk to them about that. Okay, does somebody can somebody read Exodus twenty four verse nine to eleven for me? Abby, yes, sir. Always dependable. <laughs> Just in case you read wrong. Moses and Aaron, Nadav and Abihu. And the seven, <laughs> I don't know what to say. And the seventy elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. As bright as the blue sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelite lights. They saw God and they ate and drank. Sure, isn't that amazing? Okay. Um, Psalm 23, verse 5. Somebody got, if you wait, sure. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Great. Okay. Cool scripture. One of my favorites. Um, isn't it weird when people say, I have a favorite verse. It's like, well, what about the rest of the Bible, you know? Anyway, it's just strange. Okay. Matthew 26, verse 26 to 29. Somebody got that for me. Nobody all at once, guys. You had a turn. 
Thanks, Marika. Yes. So you got you got a lack of wife there, eh, Jean? Should keep her. I'm still searching. Okay. Okay, you're still searching. Um. Okay, it's somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Okay, awesome. So we've got three, we've got three verses here, and they all talk about a table, okay? Well, there's a theme of the table. Um, funny we should be talking about ethnos. They've got a coffee shop called The Table. Um, you, can go you can go visit them. So Exodus 24 verse 9 to 11. This is a really cool story. Um, the Israelites have left Egypt. They're running. They're roaming around the deserts before the God gave Moses the the tablets, and he invites Moses along with a, with Aaron and some elders, about seventy of them, and they go up the mountain, and they're expecting to meet with a God who's gonna bet. Instead, what the scripture says is that. He did not raise their hand against them. Instead, they ate and they drank. Isn't that cool? Okay, you go to meet the God of the universe. It's like going to meet the principal. You're like, well, I should have mowed the lawn like my mother asked me to. Um, you know, and I should have been nice to that. And I shouldn't have given that middle, the middle finger to that guy in traffic on the way to church. Um, you know, you start listening. Listing all these things. And I'm sure they were doing the same thing, you know. You can just imagine walking up that mountain, you know. You're going to meet with God. No biggie, you know. What are, what's going through your head? And then when they get there, there's a table waiting for them. And, they, and the verse is that they, they saw God. They saw God and they ate and they drank. The first time they meet with God, they sit down and they share a meal. Okay? And then the psalmist David comes in Psalm 23, a very famous psalm. You know, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's that one, just in case you don't know. And he, and he gets to, to verse 5 and he says, God, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Isn't that a beautiful? Once again, there's this, there's this theme of the table. And more specifically, it's God who prepares this table. Right? And then we get to the Last Supper. It's the day before Jesus is about to be um, crucified. He's sharing a Passover meal with his disciples. And around this table, what is the meal that is presented? Well, while they're eating together, Jesus presents them very, very deliberately. So, around the table, 
them knowing the significance of what they're doing. He presents himself as that which they are eating. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Isn't that amazing? And so the first thing that we've got to understand when it comes to community is that it's first an invitation. Okay? Community is first and foremost an invitation to be part of something. And for God, it's to be part of a party, to come and sit, to come and eat, to come and drink. That is the first, the first thing we've got, to know, we've got to know. And we do this in, in Encounter 2. Do, we do a, a lunch together. And what I do is I do communion with them at lunchtime. While we've all eaten, bring out communion. And I say, if you're going to get one image of church, it's this. We're eating together and we share together the body, Right? And the same theme is in the story of the prodigal son. Okay? Prodigal son, he goes out, and when he comes back, he's given an identity. He's given a robe. He's given a ring. He's given shoes. Do you know what those things mean? A robe is, is a sign of identity. A ring is a sign of authority. Shoes, a sign of purpose. So he's given all these things. And then what next? They throw a body. Okay? Get the best meat, spit braai, lacquer. Okay, you get, you're with me. That's the first introduction into the community. Let's go have a party. But you know, a lot of us are like, like the older brother in that, in that story. It's like when we, when there's people coming into church, well, you know, and I, I'm, um, I'm, this is myself as I'm thinking. Okay, well, I've got to get them to stop smoking. Oh, and those earrings have got to go. Not because they're evil, they just don't look good on him. Um, hashtag fashion police. And, you know, we, we, we meet people and we just got these lists. Oh my gosh, they're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And man, it just sounds like such a drag. But you know, the first, the first introduction into a community should be a celebration. Okay? Well, come to my house. Come eat food with me. Okay? That is community. Okay, let's move on. First step of community is something that looks like a table. You get a bunch of people that sit down. Cool. Gonna have to move. Running out of time. Okay, I'm gonna read this one. Uh, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 27. I'm gonna read through it quickly. Okay. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. 
Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, um, in here, Methodist, Presbyterian, Charismaniac, all into one. Yeah. One? Okay. Okay. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Okay. So the second part of community is to understand that you are unique. Sometimes unique is a different way of saying weird, and that's fine. Church is full of a bunch of weirdos, exhibit A. Okay. You are unique, but you have a role to play. How many of you have ever felt like you go to church and you're like, I don't, I don't belong here. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do here. These people are too good for me. I don't think I can speak into anybody's life. I don't think I can ever look as good in a maroon shirt leading worship on stage. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Um, you, do, you, do you ever get that feeling? You know, you walk into a place and it's like, I, I, don't think, I don't think I can live up to these people. And what the scripture is saying is like, just because you don't think that you belong here doesn't mean that you all of a sudden aren't part of the body of Christ, okay? So listen to what it says. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. Because I'm not a worship leader, I'm not part of the body. No. Wrong. Because I'm not an evangelist, because I don't like to speak in, in, in front of crowds. You get, you get what I'm saying? You have a part to play. That is a very unique part. Okay. Then the, the reverse is true. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And on the, those parts that are, they think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. Okay? So those, those, those things that, that seem like they're unimportant, you maybe feel like you are important. What the scripture says is that you are indispensable. Right? Isn't that cool? Those, those parts that feel like, like they don't belong, like they don't fit in, what the scripture is saying is it's those parts that are indispensable. So, um, my getting involved with church, um, I got saved in 2010 in Shofar Church, and, and right away I felt very much like a fish out of water. Um, one, I was very, very English in a predominantly very, very Afrikaans church. Um, so there was always this like cultural thing, the Lord bless the Afrikaans. Um, and then the, the other side of it was that, you know, I'm, I'm not very quiet and I'm very loud and I like to make people awkward and I'm very you know, touchy-feely, 
and I like to I like to give people hugs, sometimes kisses, and now I, like, I make people feel awkward. You know, my one friend said said to me, "This is Luke. I came, I saw, I made it awkward." <laughs> you know, but you know, I started I started my 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 church life not thinking much about what I could get. I, I, I obviously saw that church was wow, having an amazing effect on me. My life was changing. I was, I was able to, to have better relationships. But I never thought that I would be able to give anything in return. So, you know, but I was, I was in church for uh, quite a while. I'd been on a mission. I went to Japan and... We helped out with um, relief work there, came back. And then when I got back, a friend of mine, uh, well, he wasn't a friend of mine then, he's now, but it was a guy who was running our first year's camp, and he came to me and said, Hey, Luke, I want you to run that venture portfolio for the first year's camp. So this was, the first year's camp was, um, you know, it was, it was a big deal, show for Stellenbosch, there's about 300 people that go every year, and he wanted me to run all the activities for the camp, okay? Much to the dismay of certain pastors, um, whose names won't be mentioned. Um, it's fine. It's fine, Omo, I forgave you. Um, no. So, I had never led a small group, I'd never led anybody, and here this guy comes and says, look, giving you this, don't mess it up. Okay, great. So, um, you know, needless to say, we did it. We, we pulled it off, okay? We got a team together, we pulled off the camp, there was paintball, there was canoeing, there was hiking, there was, I split my lip open, jump, jumping into a dam, um, so it was fun, you know, everything, everything worked out well. And then I started leading a small group, then I started, then I took my first mission team to Mozambique, and all of these things started to fall into place, and I started to come to terms with the fact that, hey, not only can I attend church, I can give church. And what I started to realize, and what my friends would say to me, is that, you know, Luke, I am better off because you are here. Okay, because not only was I starting, you know, had to learn about life by looking at different cultures, but my, my Afrikaans friends were having the same experience, you know, where my Afrikaans friends were a bit more shy and a bit more timid. They were looking at me going, why is that guy, he's either arrogant or he's confident. What is it about him that, that I can learn, Right? So I started to, and now I thought, well, not only are my friends having an effect on me, but I'm having an effect on my friends. Okay? And, that were, and when, when we started to understand that, when, our friends, when my friendship group started to understand that, that's when things really started to take off. That was real community. So it starts off with an invitation. Hey, Luke, come to my small group. Then the second part was, not only must Luke come to my small group and learn from me, but Luke must come to my small group so I can learn from him. Right? Because the body of Christ in the small group, that if we take that principle, 
you know, what, my, what, what they started to learn, what you guys started to learn. Your small group is better for, for you being in there than you not being in there. Okay? So I want you to take your hand, your right hand, sorry, right hand, put it on your heart, okay? And say after me, my church is better that I am in it. My church is better that I am in it. Hey? Hey? Hey, yeah, great. So this is so weird. It's like you're copycatting me. Okay. I'm going to move on because we do not have a lot of time. What is the time? Okay, gosh, yes, we really don't have a lot of time. Okay, I'm going to finish with this quick, quick. Okay, and then I'm going to call up Bradley because we're going to baptize Bradley just now. Um, so I'm going to finish with this, okay? Jesus, Jesus, um, you know, he was once asked, what are the two greatest laws? And, 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 um, you know, and he said, well, love the Lord your God with all your body, soul, strength, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. And then in John 13, verse 34, he comes and he, he gives this new commandment, right? He says, okay, so not, not only must you love people as you love yourself, but love people as I have loved you, right? And so the third thing of community, okay, if the first one is that, well, it starts with an invitation. Second one is, is recognition. Recognition of how you need people and of how people need you. And if that's true, then the third one is all about how has Christ loved me? Because that's how we ought to love the people around us. Well, how did Christ love us? He died for us, but what happened before that? Well, he invited us to come share. He invited us to come partake. The next day, he gave his life for us. I mean, you, you, the, the, the whole, you could read all three of the Gospels to find out, well, how did Christ love us? That's what, that's what, we, that's what we're doing. So when, when, when Bradley's going to get baptized, he's not just getting baptized for his own sake, but he's getting baptized for our sake. Because we will be better, and we are better because Bradley's in our church. Amen. Amen. And not only must we love Bradley as Christ has loved us, but when he gets baptized, what he's doing is he's saying, well, the old is gone. It no longer has a hold on me. And I focus and I run towards that is which is to come. And that's bound by, well, not only are people going to love me the way Christ died for them, but I make it my life goal to love people the way Christ has loved me.
right? Amen? Okay, Bradley, I'm going to invite you up. Hey, Bradley. So, um, I asked Bradley before, and Bradley's going to share again, but I asked him why he wants to get baptized. And he's going to share, but he's more comfortable speaking in Afrikaans. So, Amor, I'm going to ask you to come up here as well, and you're going to be interpreter, okay? Because I, I don't know what he's saying. No, I'm joking. I, I did understand. <laughs> okay. You ready? Huh? We're not letting you off the hook here, eh? Okay. Now, you, you talk, and then he'll, he'll talk after you, okay? You ready? Um, voor ik begin wil ik het wel allemaal bij dankie sê vir die geleentheid om voor van die te overnaam te kan staan en net um, die pad te kan vat en die directie in en ja, ok, um, die afgelopen tijd het ek um, dier een baie moeilike tijd gegaan um, het, soos ek gesê het, het amper vir my gevoel asof ek in een gaat is en ek het so diep in die gaat ingeval dat ek later begin te voel die gaat is deel van my, of ek tenminste deel van die gaat. En op een tijd het ek, het ek, soos ek nou in die gaat is, het ek hier op my later weet, hoe ek gaan uitkom he. En ek het my God gevraagd, wat ook al gebeur, moet nie my geloof aan my afvat he. Of moet nie dat ek my geloof verloor tenminste nie. Moet nie dat ek omdraai en die gaat wat vir my wil sê, ek is deel van die gaat, het accept he. En dis toe, toe wat ek die boodskap ontvang van Anne Maart, wat vir my vraag, um, stel die belang om gedoop te word, en ek dink toch my sê, wie is die antwoord? Wie is die antwoord vir al die, die seer, al die, die verlede wat my so vasthou? Wie is die antwoord nou, en ek dink, dit is wat God, God sê vir my, ek wil jou, ek wil het jy moet dieper gaan, ek wil jou boorplekke wil ek jou plaas, en vanaan sê ek, dat is so eers. Okay, I'm going to try and translate that, but First of all, Bradley went through the Work for a Living program with Ina, so amazing. Um, so he said he was in a deep hole, and it actually felt like he was the hole. He, he became the hole. That's how deep he was in, in this hole. And he, and he was like, God, please just don't take my faith from me. Um, I, I, I still want to hold on to this faith. And then Anamart, the back, messaged him and said, hey, there's a baptism opportunity that you want to sign up for, for baptism. And he says, that was, that was the answer. He, he, today he's going to go down and um, he's going to put an end to this hole. And he actually said he wants to go deeper. So he's going to go deeper than the hole, but in the glory of God. And then we're going to pull him out. And um, yeah, but amazing. Thanks, Bradley, for your story. Thanks. No, 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 you're staying up here. Okay. So um, we're gonna get we're gonna get ready, but while we are getting ready, I want you to turn to a person next to you, okay? And I want you to pray for each other. But so what you're gonna do is, and we practice this at prayer before. We, you're gonna say, okay, what what do you think you bring to this church? Or your church, if, if you're not from this church, or you know Ireland, wherever they are. 
What, what do you think you bring to the party? Okay? What do you, what do you think you bring? And this means that you're going to have to go, mm, well, you know, I make really good cupcakes. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's, it's, not, it's easier to say nice things about other people than it is to say nice things about yourself, right? Okay. So, maybe you struggle with something. Then pray. What do you think, what do you think God sees when he looks at you? Okay. And I want you to tell this person that you're speaking to, well, this is what I think I bring. Okay? And then once you've both shared, then I want you to both pray for each other. Okay? So we're going to get ready. And then when you're done, you, we're going to move the chairs and we're all going to head that way. And we're going to bear witness. And then um, we, we, we just have to quickly go do a, a formula at the back, depending on the, the sins of the person and how long we must hold them underneath. <laughs> that, that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, like four minutes. Oh, gosh. Okay, so pray, and then we're going to get ready, okay?